3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack.
4: Hello, Force Center friends. Welcome to a special edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Every now and then, I love just sitting down with a friend and fellow fan of this great saga and just kind of freeforming our way through a conversation about things they love, about Star Wars, feelings, questions trepidations, and of course, joys. And right now, the conversation in Star Wars is definitely, and there's always a lot of conversations in Star Wars. Don't get me started about Star Wars Twitter. Just everyone calm down. Enjoy the, try to enjoy this thing. And if you don't enjoy certain aspects of Star Wars, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, don't try to spoil my meal, though. If you only like your side of the meal. But that's a different conversation. I I don't want to go down that route. But uh, we are going to have an interview here with the great Wendy Lee. I worked with her at Collider for such a long time. A lot of you know uh, her from uh, her work over there or her own channel, uh, the movie uh, Couple Channel. And uh, she is, without a doubt, a, a, one of the biggest Ahsoka Tano fans I know. And so with Ahsoka Tano in the headlines here in the Star Wars world and, quite frankly, beyond, which is part of what our conversation gets to, I really wanted to bring Wendy on to share her uh, thoughts about what's going on and uh, her joys and her, uh, just uh, what the character means to her. As someone who has been a fan of the Ahsoka Tano character uh, and has got to work with Ashley Eckstein actually uh, on some of the Her Universe stuff and beyond. So it was just uh, valuable to me to sit down with Wendy Lee. So we're going to do that. Before we get to it, I do want to just let everyone know this is, I'll say, a Mandalorian spoiler-heavy conversation. We're just going to assume if you've watched the show... Uh, you can get this interview, and uh, uh, you not not feel spoiled if you haven't had a chance to yet. Which is also part of the Star Wars conversation going on. It's actually beyond Star Wars. let's let everyone watch the show. Yeah, you got to get the titles, thumbnails. Sometimes things got to be done. I understand that. And I, uh, you know, I don't spend a ton ton of time on social media as as, as I used to, so I can avoid spoilers. But I also feel the need to watch Mandalorian when it drops at like 1 a.m. my time so that I can enjoy it unfettered by the opinions, analysis, and uh, screenshots of others. But uh, just want to warn everyone, make it clear, if you haven't seen Mandalorian. This season or the most recent episode, we definitely discuss it in full detail. So, without further ado, let's sit down with Wendy Lee here on Four Center. All right, Spotlight Star Wars fans, I am very happy to have back on the show. She was on Force Center a while ago. I remember we sat down in a Collider office in a big echoey chamber and talked fashion and Star Wars and a lot more. She is a a great passionate Star Wars fan. She is one half of the uh, movie couple channel. She uh, married into that one, right? Or uh, he married into that? Uh, Everyone married into that one there. Please welcome Wendy Lee. Hey, Wendy.
5: Hey, Ken. How are you?
4: Uh, I am as good as one can be in troubled times in the galaxy. You?
5: Same, same, same. Just, you know, trying to uh, ignore what is going on in the real world by uh, submerging myself into nerd stuff.
4: Hey, that's, uh, you know, sometimes the real world finds the nerd stuff, but it's always nice to have the nerd stuff there uh, when it inspires you and moves you. And I really wanted to bring you on Spotlight Star Wars today because... Ever since I've known you, there's one thing I've uh, – many things I've known, but uh, many, one one thing I know about you, you love the character of Ahsoka Tano perhaps more than anyone I know. And I love the character very much too, so that's saying something. Uh, but uh, you love the character. You wear a lot of fashions. You've worked with Ashley Eckstein on her universe uh, and, and fashion shows at Comic-Con and all those kind of things. It is, it is uh, not just, uh, hey, this is a character I uh, kind of like you love this character. You've been moved by this character. And I felt a great time because Ahsoka is in the news, in the star Wars news to uh, bring you on and talk about Ahsoka. So how does that, how does that work? That feel good?
5: Oh, I mean, it was, I remember, well, first of all, thank you for having me back. This is so much fun getting to chat star Wars with you. Um, I remember the rumor of the casting and they were also going to bring Ahsoka into Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian. I thought, (sighs) can they pull this off right and this was even before any news of the casting Um, naturally my mind went to Ashley because she voices the character she is an actor she can perform Um, you know you can you can train anybody to uh, do fight choreography and things like that especially someone as dedicated as Ashley have you ever seen her do anything she doesn't have it at all she she just goes in like 120 percent so I had no no doubt in my mind that it was going to be her and then of course later we find out that it was rumored to be Rosario Dawson and I had to take a really take a step back from yeah. sep- and, and really separate that I love this character Ahsoka Tano and I love the voice actress Ashley Eckstein and because of, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to let any sort of... I didn't want to go into this episode of The Mandalorian with any sort of um, negative feelings about mm. that I wished it was Ashley Eckstein playing Ahsoka Tano. Right. Uh, so I tried to look at the positive side of it prior to seeing the episode, and I t- kind of take a look at Rosario's work. Obviously, she's been working <laughs> for a long time. She's been in many, many things, very talented. I looked at where Ahsoka would be in this time. She's like about maybe 40 to 50 years old or something right. like that.
4: Yeah. The timeline. Yeah. Yeah. What? 12, 13 at the start of uh, the Clone Wars were we meet but Star Wars math always, you know, I never, I never have a calculator for it. So, but you're about right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. That's why I gave the range of <laughs> 40 to 50. Yeah. More or less. And yeah. I kind of looked at, you know, Ahsoka's stature as mm-hmm. she grew Um, from Padawan to like adult Jedi Tano. Um, she is, you know, tall. She's got very distinct bone structure, all of those which Rosario has. Right. 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 So I physically, I think she embodies the character fantastically. And the next thing I worried about was, you know, the sound of Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, For 12 years, Ashley Eckstein gave us Ahsoka Tano. So from, you know, we've aged with her. So, I knew that that was going to be a sticking point. So, Ken, before I went into watching this episode, I actually for like a week I mentally prepared myself. Well, I'm like, you are not going to see Ashley and you're not going to hear Ashley, but you love Ahsoka and you love Star Wars. Just go in with an open mind and see how they do it before you judge.
4: Uh, well, look, I want to focus on that a little bit because, you know, again, I am a fan. I love. I've written about Ahsoka. I, I, I've 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 studied uh, the lessons that she's learned and what it means to me as a as a Star Wars fan. I really do love this character, but. I know I think I was a little less affected by the casting than others, and that's why I want your perspective on it here because it to, to, to know that, hey, you know, it was so important to you that you had to ramp up to it, and, and, and I <laughs> – respect that you what you're saying is like hey this is what it is uh we must be present now here in the force uh and i've got to work with with what is but i actually do have to make a conscious choice to work towards approaching with an open mind as as star wars fans we're very passionate we hold on to things we love and sometimes (laughs) characters change or evolve or are portrayed a little differently and 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 it does affect us so I, i i like what you had to do there uh was there any point where you were like i'm going to the dark side
5: <laughs> I I think right before the the episode the day before so it was like Thanksgiving evening actually and uh I kind of decided that I wasn't going to watch well I we also had some Thanksgiving plans with immediate family sure. um no, nowhere out of LA and all covid safe and all that stuff yeah. but um so I knew I wasn't going to be able to watch the episode um, so I think that helped in the prep because I actually took myself off of social media so I didn't get anything spoiled. Right. I didn't want to see a screenshot of her before I was ready for it. So I just kind of went back and thought of a lot of what Ahsoka stands for, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of mostly more than anything else what Ashley has brought to the character. And yeah. you know, having to have met Ashley and she is probably one of the nicest people. Right. on the planet. She is very genuine. She's very generous. And the one thing that she does, which I find it very rare these days, is she listens to the viewers and she listens to her fans. Mm. Um, so I remember kind of in prepping to to watch this episode, her kind of going back saying I think she put it on, on like an Instagram story yeah. or a post or something like that, is that she? everybody wanted her to comment on the casting of, of Rosario Dawson and that why it, why it wasn't her and what she said. And I think she did it with a lot of class, just mm-hmm. as we know, and she is very classy. She said, I can't comment on something that I wasn't involved in. Right. You know? Um, and I think that's a, that's a good way to kind of explain to the viewers who are like, where is my answer? Give me my answer yeah. right now. Why aren't you going to play a Soka and don't you speak for Lucas film? And it's like, no, she's, yeah. She can only exactly what she said. She can only comment as much as she is involved. And unfortunately, she was not involved in in that decision. I don't know all, any of the details. Honestly, I haven't I haven't talked to her no. about that. And if I did talk to her, I don't think that's something I would like bring up, you know, <laughs> or, I or I,
4: would, I wouldn't expect you to share it if you did. <laughs>
5: Cor- correct. All, all, all accounts correct. But um, I can, I can say we have not talked and we definitely have not talked about it. And if I did talk to her, I would not talk about that. Yeah. Um. I I just, I know in her heart, she obviously would have wished that she played Ahsoka. Sure. Um. But, sure. you know, the, the, the plan was laid and the decision was made. And what, what can you do past that? You, she can... Mm-hmm. You know, fight tooth and nail and and get real ugly on social media, but that's just not her. That's never been her. Yeah. To, do any, to do anything like that. I think she was heartbroken, of course. Um, yeah. and and again, I don't know this. Um, I'm just I'm just kind of like putting myself in her shoe, in her sure. shoes. Um, and then I think she, you know, being being Ashley Eckstein, um, uh, probably found positivity in it somehow. Yeah. And she is now tweeting, uh, you know, her support for Rosario Dawson. She, I think in a tweet.
4: Yeah. Tweet. Yeah. Team tunnel. Hashtag team
5: tunnel. Team. Yeah. And that's classy. And that's Ashley. And and that's why she is always going to be my Ahsoka. You yeah. know, she's always yeah. going to be my Ahsoka and, and never forgotten.
4: Uh, oh, absolutely. We, we, we really uh, second that at, at, here at Force Center and, and look, I already had a positive view of her. I even said that in the Four Center Discord this week. Like, I just always had a positive view of her. I'm a big baseball fan, so I also have a huge man crush on her World <laughs> Series MVP husband, David. I uh, actually you know knew about him before uh, uh, her and the Eckstein family, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I always had a positive view. Love what she's doing with her universe and the spirit behind it. But man, she is. Absolutely Jedi like and how she's handling this, knowing that people are watching, turning to her and knowing that anything she I wouldn't think for even a second she didn't do anything, quote, wrong. Uh, and and handling this, but knowing that how she acts and how she responds to this will affect this character that everyone loves. And so to kind of embrace it, hashtag team Tano and welcoming Rosario Dawson in and, um, you know, uh, other things. I know there's some other stuff around Rosario that people are are talking about with the Mm -hmm. the, the lawsuit and all the stuff, but just focusing on the Ahsoka of it all. For Rosario, I saw her tweet as well to to kind of work, to, to understand that there was a bit of a bridge that needed to be built over that Maybe a little gap in fandom. I, I think Ashley's handled it so well. Um, it's been, uh, like I said, very Jedi-like, which would very much be like Ahsoka herself, you know?
5: Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, and one of the things I wish, and again, I, uh, you know, a lot of times I wish that, and maybe you too, um, mm-hmm. you were a fly on the wall in one of these, you know, casting sessions and meetings yeah. and things like that. I would have loved to, kind of, I and I wonder because I don't think we'll ever know. I wonder if, if they ever considered Ashley or they just went right to mm-hmm. casting other actresses um, based on not talent, but physicality, likeness. Sure. I, I just I wonder about that. And I would hate to ever find out if the creators, the, you know, essentially Dave Filoni if yeah. he never kind of brought Ashley in on that decision just to kind of, I don't want to say soften the blow. That's, that, that's not a great terminology, you know, I, but yeah, for lack no, of a better term.
4: Yeah. I give, give the old college try. Like I would, you know, if, uh, if I voiced a character for 12 years and look, it happens. Uh, and the unfortunate side effect is there are a lot of voice actors who are, uh, considered just that, whether they are or not. And, mm-hmm. and that's, um, you know, like I said, Ahsoka Tano, uh, is, is, is an animated character, but, Ashley Eckstein is a real-life performer as well. But, you know, my pal Roger Craig Smith uh, is is the voice of Sonic. And when the movie came out, a lot of people tweeted him, "Were well, are you going to do the voice? And he's like, no, there's there's no chance I'm going to do it. That's not how this business works. And that was an animated movie, let alone making a switch to live action, though. You right. crafting a live-action Sonic might be a different problem. But it's just the realities of the business. And there's some, yeah, there may be some physicality stuff, like you said, that mm-hmm. they had to con, uh, consider. Uh, maybe we'll get that story, but I don't know. I'm, I'm probably like you though. Uh, it doesn't change it. Knowing, knowing the story, if we ever get it behind the scenes, doesn't change the fact that it's here now. And we yes. got episode uh, 13, chapter 13 Whew. here. And I want to talk to you about that. So after this week of emotional preparation, when <laughs> finally sit down, you, uh, you know, I don't know, put on an Ahsoka Tano, uh, her universe, uh, shirt or whatever you, you, your game day clothes are on and, and, and you watch this episode, uh, take me through what you felt. I want your honest opinions and your thoughts on, on this very important character and what it meant to see her in live action.
5: It's so funny that you mentioned like if I put on my game day clothes, because I don't know if you watched our reaction video that's on the mm-hmm. Movie Couple channel. I certainly did. I put on my Ahsoka Tano, this like warm up thing, it kind of like, cosplay jacket. I got my fulcrum lightsabers out. I put them on the couch, my, my little Ahsoka Tano stuffed uh, dolls that I got from Galaxy's Edge, I put my little baby Yoda down. Grogu, I guess I can call it Grogu yeah. now. Uh, I, I feel like I won't use it for like until the end of the series because it's, it's still going to be Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I looked at the time and I was like, ooh, 46 juicy minutes. All right, here we go. And we pressed play. And, you know, uh, I was not expecting Ahsoka to be in the show as much as she was.
4: Same. Yeah.
5: That The fact that they showed her basically right off within the first five minutes. I was like, they're not going to show her this early. Well, famous last words because they showed her right there and then. And I think all my worries and any sort of negative feelings I had melted away when I saw the dual lightsabers light up, they ignite, and my excitement for seeing this character come to life took over and you know i looked at the costume immediately and and i love the way that they brought her in that it was in combat doing what she yeah. does best we've seen it all through rebels and we've seen it all through clone wars um and this is something that i'm glad they didn't make us wait like yeah. oh last 15 minute of the episode you'll get ahsoka and it'll be very quick and rushed and okay and you'll, you'll never see her again i'm glad it wasn't like that because um we all know Dave, Filoni Mm -hmm. wrote and directed this episode and Ahsoka is one of his favorite characters. So I imagine he wanted her debut to be as grand as possible for, Mm. um, you know, to, to, to show the fans that like, if you haven't seen clone wars and rebels, you should, because this character kicks ass.
4: Well, you, exactly. The, the intro was so well done. And without a doubt, I mean, you said one of Dave's favorite characters. I think we all could actually agree. Probably Dave's favorite character. This is the one, probably, he's, probably. Uh, you know, other than just some, uh, you know, wolf that he uh, likes out there. Or maybe Trapper <laughs> Wolf, the character he plays is, uh, is now his favorite. But I mean, he, and I was like you, know, I, a lot of us, we were talking here in Force Center, like, hey, she probably shows up at the end and says something and waves and that's it. But no, this is an entire episode with her at the at the center of it, uh, which I think was a great decision. And, uh, you know, I absolutely love the episode. All things considered, I, I just was there for it. And, and that intro, you said it, grand. If you haven't seen Ahsoka Tano, if it's a name you've only heard or, you know, you're a, a Star Wars fan, not even a casual fan, which, by the way, casual fans, we need more casual fans to make Star Wars bigger and better. So if this is your entry point into Ahsoka Tunnel, what a first scene. Yes. You get to see stuff, Wendy, that you're like, oh, I am, this is a Jedi in action, and this is a Jedi uh, uh, being exactly what I would, uh, in the field of battle that I th- would think a Jedi would be. I love that intro.
5: Yeah, it was really fantastic. And, you know, she's asking questions, the, the the same type of question that Ahsoka would ask as if she was in Rebels, you know, she's on recon or something like that. And And it really builds up to the the really expansive world of star wars you know we went from this tiny little almost like a buddy cop kind of a movie you know uh you know of of mando and baby yoda to now look at it we have not only brought in bo katan from uh clone Mm -hmm. wars we we brought in ahsoka Tano. there's a major name drop which i'm sure we'll get to in just a little bit yeah and now we're talking you know in the previous episodes we're talking about M counts and cloning and that the, those creatures in, in, in those tubes or whatever, it's probably yeah. maybe Snoke because the theme was playing in the background of it. So it just makes it, this show, it went from just kind of like its own contained little bubble to yeah. you really realize what a big part of it, the big part of, yeah. you know, a, a larger world.
4: Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I think it's Bob Snoke, his cousin. That's uh, <laughs> uh it, it what do you think about that? That is a that is a point of conversation that I'm hearing and having it with a lot of people. I I love the small intimate storytelling in Mando, but I also am very aware and want uh, the bigger world to matter. I have those questions too. Like this is going on. I keep saying, when the hell does the New Republic get wind of you know uh, all the stuff? Which is why the character of Captain uh, Carson Teva I love so much because yes. he's going, there's something going on here. Love that guy. We've been yeah. talking about that on the Mando Report. Yeah, but how do you feel? Uh, it sounds like positive. So maybe I'm answering my own question here to you, but uh, not just Ahsoka, but just like, uh, all right, we are, we are taking Mando out of the campfire with himself and the child and Grogu. And now it's going to maybe get bigger and bigger and better. You you okay with that? You embracing that? Any, any, any trepidations, any concerns?
5: I am trying to embrace it. Uh, What I really liked about season one of Mandalorian is what is that it was contained and that they didn't feel the need to necessarily give us, you know, a glimpse of Snoke or whatever it may be to link us to, to kind of let you know, Hey, this is still star Wars. We know it's star Wars. Yeah. Um. So that's what I really liked about that because it was contained. It was its own story and it didn't feel that it needed to rely too much on oh, the prequels did this. The sequels did this, the new, the new Skywalker, you know, trilogy did this, like it didn't need to call out to that every now and again in little tiny bits and pieces such as Easter eggs. I am totally fine with the more, especially with episode five, which I have, I, you know, for the most part, very positive feelings about it. Some of the negative parts about it is that it felt like not a Mandalorian episode. Mm. It felt like, (laughs) it felt like, like an Ahsoka episode, which it makes sense if you kind of look at who wrote and directed it, but you know, finding out what we found out in episode four with um with Kreef and and mm-hmm. and Cara Dune and what they discovered about what they were using Grogu for that they were you know talking about the high blood counts with Bocatan's um kind of hunt for the dark saber and Moff Gideon and all of this for all of us viewers we get it because we're seeing it you know obviously from knowing what we know from either reading the books mm-hmm. or watching the movies or watching the animated uh, shows but for Mando. He doesn't understand the significance of a dark saber. He doesn't get, right. you know, that that Ahsoka and Bo literally fought side by side, you know, mm-hmm. in the siege of the, the Mandalore. And it's it's getting a little frustrating for for me to, in this episode towards the end, where I was like, why isn't he letting Ahsoka know about the message that he found about the M counts and what they right. were finding? Like that, I feel I felt like was really important information for him to say. Maybe yeah. not so much about the dark saber and, and Bo because he doesn't understand it, and he, I think till this day, I he I could be wrong, but he thinks right. that Moff Gideon died because he blew up the ship.
4: Well, we, 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 yeah, up until last week, he did. So even then, he doesn't right. know the history. Yes,
5: right. that's yeah. right, that's right. So but he doesn't understand the significance of the uh, of the dark saber. So I can let that go. But the fact that he didn't explain to Ahsoka, oh, you know, uh, the child, they were they people were after him because of the M counts. This is what I found out. She would understand that, and I really wished that they had done that. And I just don't want, you know, we can talk about the big name drop in the episode about Thrawn. I just don't want the Mandalorian to become fan service and cameos. That's not what the show was originally about. And I hope that after a couple of these big mentions and reveals and cameos that we can kind of slowly go back on track of, of his next, next task.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's possible to put the genie back in the bottle. Of that if you if you need mm-hmm. to, and I, I think you and I both trust what they, they, the creators behind it, that they that they do know what they're doing. You yes. mentioned something, but I got to say, you, 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 it's hilarious. I love that that you. I I hadn't really thought about that. That of of uh, they sitting. He's sitting around a campfire with Ahsoka, talking about uh the, the child he know now knows as Grogu, and he doesn't say, at least to our knowledge, because we're only there when the camera's there. Uh, this he does <laughs> But by, by the way. <laughs> There, there's some people doing some experiments on them, and I saw some test tubes. Is that related? There seem. Do you know what an M count is? I I love that you brought that up. That is kind <laughs> of funny. I, I love. I am. I'll have some head cannon now about why he did or did not say it, or maybe he said it another time. Uh, because that could very well have changed. Uh, you know, Ahsoka's um uh, character path forward. If she, she's got her own mission. She's searching for Thrawn, but all of a sudden she's like, "Wait a minute, what else is going?" They're trying to clone. Grogu? Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe she'll come back and she'll find out. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, you mentioned Thrawn, the big reveal. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Another show, another series, another time. Uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, you got to, like a lot of folks, you have some, some under, understandable questions as I do. You're just like, hey, I, I love I love what I've gotten so far. Let's see where it goes and I trust it'll take it the right way. But, you know, the, you could you could teeter uh, too much into the world of canon junkie references, you know?
5: Yeah, exactly. And, and I want the show, it's called The Mandalorian for a reason, you know? So, so while I enjoy seeing all of these characters and names being mentioned and crossed over into the show, it's so great. It's a nice treat. I just don't want them to lose sight of that. And I don't, like you said, I, I, I trust in them, in both Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni and the team over there. And and I trust that they're going to still give us a good story. Uh, I know that the Ahsoka Tano episode is very important to Dave Filoni. So yeah. he wanted to showcase her as, as much as possible. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I ate it up <laughs> like a kid in the candy no. store. Every no. fight scene, you know, and uh, she she looked really, really great. I had a little bit of an issue with her montrals. Just just a little Oh yeah bit. yeah
4: that's going around right too short right by 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 animation designs in in the past right.
5: By animation designs too short especially given the timeline. I think somebody was saying that they should be a, as long as Shakti's. I'm not sure. Was, if that's yeah. the case. And I do want to Oh my gosh. Okay, I've been dying to ask you this. Do you remember in Rebels mm-hmm. the scene where she finally meets up with Sabine and now we see Ahsoka in the white cloak. Yeah. Do you think that scene takes place after she has met with Mando?
4: Yeah, we were we were discussing this week on the on the Mandalorian report that I know that's going around. I think I think it's vague, and I think the Rebels ending, even in the days since we recorded this episode of the Mandalorian report, where Joseph and I were talking about it, I think and read into it more. I think it's even more vague in terms of uh, what happened on Rebels than I thought. You know, I still take it as this would be before and i in my head canon right now until i'm 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 proven uh you know wrong and i always love being wrong uh i I really do but um yeah i uh i i think that maybe she's already gone out and already searched for ezra maybe even found ezra and maybe something happened and something thrawn got away or this or that with thrawn and it's a continued adventure but it's also easy for me to go, well, you know, maybe it hasn't happened yet and that's going to lead into a show and Dave can just fudge that timeline on Rebels and pull a George Lucas and say, yeah. oh, oh no, I always that was always six years after, uh, you know, <laughs> it felt like a, a week after, um, which would be very George of him, which is what Dave always reminds us. He learned from him. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. What do you have a theory on that yourself?
5: Well, Dustin and I, when we watched the episode, he because originally we thought that because it's animation and you you don't you know you don't know how much time has actually passed between that final scene and the scene before that uh, where we saw Ahsoka, so it it would make sense that in this episode she learns a little bit more about Thrawn, sets her off on her discovery, and then she picks up Sabine, mm. you know, in the white cloak mm. and and the staff. Because in this episode, if we want to like go kind of the costume round, kind of kind of try to. Mm. Break down the costume. She's in gray, and which is kind of like you know. Right. And I know you love Lord of the Rings, so it's kind of like Ahsoka the gray, Ahsoka the white, sure. sort of a deal. So I kind of feel like that scene would come after this discovery here. I don't know how much time would have passed between right. you know that, but um I feel like when we see her in the white, would would have been after this episode and her montros. I would have liked to see them just a little bit longer, but I believe because of all the stunt work sure. and that headpiece can't have been too light um,
4: right, to, right. to
5: do all the stuff that she was doing in it. I f- and I think I read somewhere too, that they made it a little bit shorter for practicality and ease of uh, movement for, for both Rosario Dawson and for the stunt performers alike. Um, yeah. But I, it, it wasn't really, I had less problems with the length of it, even though it was kind of nice to kind of theorize and, and think about how long it is in relations to time. But the wrinkling around where it sits kind of on her collarbone, not collarbone, Mm -hmm. yeah, on the tropical area.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: The wrinkling of it, um, the more as the episode went on, the more it became noticeable for me. And that was kind of, you know, usually when I watch The Mandalorian, I'm like 110% in. I'm like zoned in, I'm into the show. And it kept on taking me out of it thinking like, Oh, I wonder what material they made that out of, and when. What can they do in the future if they bring her back to kind of use different yeah. material to eliminate the wrinkles? And I was like, I don't want to be thinking about this when I'm watching the Mandalorian.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, to me, until you know, we'll see in the Disney galleries, and I know that we, yeah, was someone involved with the show was tweeting out some stuff. I know Matt Martin from the Story Group kind of retweeted it. Because they were getting a lot of questions about the the Montreal's link, but yeah, I'm glad. It, it, to me, except it, it unless galleries proves otherwise, it was practical, and I I like that. Even in a show shot on the volume and the okay. state of the art kind of techniques they're using versus something. Uh, this isn't you know I'm not poking at MCU here, but you know, a lot of the MCU stuff, it's like Iron Man's in a suit that ain't even real and it's <laughs> generated and it doesn't take me out of the story, obviously, but it's like, True. I can't help but think about, I was just watching Endgame on Thanksgiving with uh, Grace and her and her sister and brother-in-law and uh, I, I love it. Great. The movie moves me like a lot of people, but I'm, the whole time I'm like that, that, I don't, Iron Man's not even wearing that. And kind <laughs> He's of, wearing
5: like those suits with the dots all over Yeah.
4: Him. So the fact that, you know, they could, you could conceivably do that with uh ahsoka's uh, uh you know had quite frankly just just the head uh, yeah. rosario dawson's in a in a in a in a, in a, a vr suit and then you add mm-hmm. the stuff later i i, I like that they took it practical but it's a current yeah. concern this is the stuff uh, we star wars fans love to do and i do want to ask you here wendy so now it other the, the montreal aside, um everything about what rosario did it, it is an older more somber more sad ahsoka maybe a more learned ahsoka life mm-hmm. experiences um the shots, the looks, uh, the movements, how, how did it work for you as a, as a, an Ahsoka fan? Uh, did you, did you like what they put up?
2: Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter. It's innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
4: there on the screen
5: voice aside most of it worked for me most okay. of her physical movement really really worked um and uh you know the costume that they put her in looked really great on her it gave a lot of movement so you know whenever yeah. the the wind blew she got the uh, i call it the beyonce effect mm. uh, which looked fantastic the way that they used the lightsabers now that's one of the things ahsoka was very very agile in the animated series and i feel like you're almost limitless in movement when it comes to animation because you can draw as a jedi you can draw her in whatever shape form you want we've seen ahsoka do some badass stuff you know from like what like free diving in the air to land on on a spacecraft and things like that obviously this is practical so we are limited but the lightsaber duel between her and the magistrate i thought it was an interesting choice that they let her disarm ahsoka i feel like ahsoka at this point having fought maul having survived order 66 would not have let Thrawn's apprentice Mm -hmm. disarm her like that you Mm -hmm. know um so that i found that really interesting and i don't know if they did it just to kind of give um ahsoka more of a well you can disarm me but i'm still not going to lose and a lot of it kind of reminded me of when she fought fought Darth Maul in the final like four I episodes of that. yeah when he also disarmed her and she kind of did a not exactly the same but similar move where she took the weapon away from him.
4: Oh yeah, yeah.
5: So yeah. so it I like that, but I, I would have loved to see and this is just wishful thinking because I'm satisfied with the episode mm-hmm. um, that I I wish we'd have seen a little bit more. Different dynamic in uh, a lot of her lightsaber fights. Just more more flourish is what I'm trying to say.
4: Flourish. We need some Ahsoka flourish. flourish. Yeah. Uh, But the
5: mannerisms, you know, some of the the looks that she gave, especially after she sliced those space gongs (laughs) in half.
4: I love that, yeah.
5: And then then she Mm -hmm. used the force to pull the rifle and she hit the other guy in the face. And then she kind of turned around and gave that little like sideways smirk. That was very Ahsoka- appreciated her putting that in there i was like okay that i could see the animation Ahsoka doing that so i'm glad that they put yeah. that a little little bit in there
4: yeah as, as i said amanda report this but I, I really think dave shot it in a way that uh, gave gave rosario a bit of a, a leg up a little advantage tried to i mm-hmm. just imagine we we don't want them her to just do some impersonation of ahsoka I, and I i think the essence was there and i'm a big fan of alden Ehrenreich as, as solo because i think he captured the essence of of Harrison Ford, uh, the, the, performer, not just solo, but is even Indiana Jones and even mm-hmm. hell, air force one. Um, <laughs> and I think that works and I don't need a beat for beat thing. And I think I got that, but I'm very, yeah, you, you, are someone who, um, hell you've studied the moves. I've seen you on a uh, Instagram stories, you know, you <laughs> do some Ahsoka fight moves here. Um, in, in, the, uh, a couple of things here in the time I have a I heavy here, uh, Wendy, uh, rumors uh, nothing confirmed obviously and I, and I don't know anything at this point but uh whether it be another animated show but now it would seem to be more realistic that a live action ahsoka spin-off um with rosario Dawson or or someone else but uh you know live action ahsoka how, how, how do you feel about that is there any conflict on on that now now that you've seen ahsoka in live action or are you ready for that
5: I mean, I feel like, ooh, that's a loaded question there. Uh, hmm.
4: Well, is, is there part of you that like, hey, cool, I'd, I'd still rather go back to animated. Uh, I think. I, on I any- mean,
5: yeah, I think the immediate knee jerk reaction for me is, hey, I think thanks, uh, but I'd rather have the animated Ahsoka. Whether you um, further hmm. the the uh, storyline yeah. of Rebels and give us Ahsoka uh, with Ashley at the helm for voicing her. Or we give, you know, get more uh, untold stories from the Clone Wars, maybe perhaps right after Order sixty six and where her and Rex had gone. Uh, you sure. know, I, I would I think I'm more invested in that more than the live action Ahsoka Tano with Rosario Dawson if sure. they were to do that. You know, with with the, and I don't also see them casting anyone else but Rosario at this point because now it's established and I don't think they should recast unless they want to put Ashley in there. Uh, that would be my only other choice if they were to, you know, think sure. about a different casting choice. But I, I honestly don't think if they were to move forward with live action Ahsoka, that they wouldn't have anybody else other than Rosario. Because then you're going to be then then people are going to, I feel like, get a little bit confused. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have to uh, I have to think about it. I I would have really rather Ahsoka story play out in animation, to be completely yeah. honest. I I think not that I I wouldn't watch, not that I wouldn't watch live action.
4: Of course. So, yeah, no, I look, I think that's why I ask, I know because you're such a fan and and I'm sure you might not be alone in that of like, Hey, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Or I'll watch and I'll see and I'll follow it. Um, it's complicated. It is, um, you know, even for me, I'm, you know, it's smaller, smaller, smaller level, but, uh, I love the character of Cobb Vant and I was so thrilled for Cobb Vant here. Uh, love and then they changed uh, or went a, you know slightly different direction with the character's backstory and everything i was all fine with that and mm-hmm. i loved him at the oliphant but i had some like oh i don't know if this is working because i have some high expectation for this character right I, I, you take that in me and multiply it by 100 with you and then you're <laughs> a fan so i i i get that there uh what does it mean though to you and then i want to get into Ahsoka the character and what the character means to you, but what does it mean for this character to make this leap into the spotlight? And as hard as it might seem to, to believe, there's probably many, many Star Wars fans, not just viewers, but fans who are seeing her for the first time. How does, how does it make you feel to have this character you've loved since 2008 jump to live action, meaning she is now into the larger galaxy in terms of what fans view. They, they view live action first, movies, TV shows before the animated shows. It's just kind of the way it is outside of the car hardcore bubble. What does that mean though? That's a big leap and that's important.
5: It is important because I never thought that we'd ever see Ahsoka in live action in the flesh. You know, her costume, if you've seen any of the cosplayers, isn't easy to do. And then to, you know, know that she's a Jedi, so she'll have some, you know, um, stunt work done. It, it, it's I know it's not an easy task, and I think they, they handled it really, really well. I think for the first time... Um, viewers who who are the for the viewers who are meeting Ahsoka for the first time this episode was definitely a treat and this is definitely the way I would want them to see Ahsoka um if if they only got it through the Mandalorian then this is the way it it should be done I didn't want them you know to kind of see like a less bad ass version of Ahsoka than what we got you know and I hope for the people who met her for the first time they'll fall in love with her just as much as I did. Um, They'll base it off like, oh, she's so cool. I want to know more about her. And hopefully they'll go back into the Clone Wars. Maybe not the Clone Wars movie, because she wasn't great in that. Um, You got to experience
4: it all. You got to go back (laughs) to to the snips of it all. You got to experience it.
5: Oh, snips. You know, can I tell you, the first time I I was so excited to see this Clone Wars movie, I was like, yeah, great. I'm going to go watch it. And I watched it. I was like, I hate her. Who is she? Anakin shouldn't have a, you know, just like I remember, just like yelling at at <laughs> in my car. I was like, this is the stupidest character. And then they brought her, you know, into into rebels, and I was just like, well, actually, it was I can't, wasn't it kind of reverse? They did. And up like a season of Clone Wars, and then it was the movie. I can't remember.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it's all the re- yeah the release sort of we're doing the the chronological chronological rewatch. It was just episodes that George wanted to pull out, so and make into a movie. So it is definitely weird, and that is her introduction. So it it works in that regard, and yeah, that's that's the story of Ahsoka Tano, the character from uh, one of the more loathed and hated characters uh, perhaps even more than Jar Jar at the time <laughs> to grow way beyond that into something where like me I am I am not the demographic they were trying to reach I mean they're trying to reach Star Wars fans to be clear and that's something I believe but 2008 it's like It's a, it's a character for another generation and let's try to pull them uh, that generation in while Mm -hmm. other people are watching Obi-Wan and Anakin and the clones and all that kind of stuff. I am not in their target demographic going back to 2008. And and I just love this character because of uh, the important question she asks, the answers we get and, and the lessons and inspirations from the character. But that's me. What about you from that point to where you are now? um, uh, Someone again, uh, just as a friend I know in this business, you- I associate Ahsoka Tano with, with you, uh, and I always want to know what you feel about this character. But what does this character mean to you? When did it start to take hold of you from that uh, movie uh, to now?
5: I think uh, for me, it was knowing that I still love Star Wars, regardless how I felt about the character initially, and kind of was like, well, I'm still going to watch the show and I don't care. Maybe she won't be in it for as long because I had this whole stupid theory of Anakin as Darth Vader had never talked about having an apprentice. Sure, so yeah. I was like, oh, well, she'll, she'll like, they'll kill her off like season three or something like that. Right, no, right, no, right. no, no, no big deal. <laughs> 12 years later, uh, <laughs> she's still kicking, uh, you know,
4: so lives. live
5: with so It's the, the best thing ever. And because she continued to exist um, and because I continue to be a faithful viewer of the show, I grew with her and I watched her be this kind of cocky little kid who definitely asked way too many questions in the beginning, but they were important questions and kind of seeing her effect on not just Anakin, but Obi-Wan and the Jedi order. Essentially, you know, we can go all the way to when she decided to leave the Jedi order. Right. And for a little wee Padawan from the very beginning to where she is now, she, Ahsoka has gone through a lot. And to me, she, she means hope she means strength um perseverance and grace she's all of that together um and I think she's a really really important character especially for um the female fans of Star Wars like we didn't really have Mm -hmm. a prominent Jedi character to kind of connect with like yes there's Padme yes there's Leia and Leia is so so awesome But we, we, at that point we hadn't seen Leia, you know, wield a lightsaber and do all the cool Jedi stuff. And that's all I wanted. And, you know, we had like little bits here and there, but Ahsoka was, she was in, she broke that wall. And that's, so I, I, no, I was like, I don't like her, but I'm going to watch her because damn it, she's holding two lightsabers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm almost have to, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. And then it starts to take hold. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, that's great. And and uh this is uh, all the things she represents and and how um, people of all ages, all generations can can pull that from her. Ah, Soka is a character I definitely look up to myself and I know you do as well. Um uh, yeah, and it's 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 been a long 12 plus years. Uh, really. Uh that's uh that is a character that's been with us longer than Han Solo was when I was watching Star Wars in 87. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Oh boy. Well, I hope, you know, for the viewers who met Ahsoka for the first time this week in the Mandalorian, I hope that they, you know, because of her bad asseriness, they want to kind of research her a little bit more. And I hope that they dive into the Clone Wars and I hope they dive into Rebels if they hadn't already um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, really connect and, and just watch the story and the journey of this character and why she is so important to the Star Wars universe and to, to learn that, um, you know, we we welcome Rosario Dawson to team team Tano, but to know that Ashley Eckstein is the person who brought her to life, and she gave us, you know, fans twelve years of really awesome performances, and and she Ashley, I feel like embodies Ahsoka so much that, and that's why I look up to her so much, and so I hope that they they learn that, and I hope they acknowledge that to know that there are now two ahsoka's um and to not forget the the origin of how
4: they came uh who built the framework of the character for sure in in closing here and i want to give you a chance to let everyone know uh, all the stuff you're doing but i want one final question here because you have done some work with ashley a lot of the her universe fashion shows uh you know her and she is a, so much. She is a, a businesswoman who, who looked out on, on the landscape and said, hey, here's something I can give to the fandom. Uh, these uh, this the, this this clothes and the and the idea behind it and this brand and this lifestyle. And and she's done so much. What's one thing you've learned from her, from Ashley Eckstein?
5: Oh, wow. A lot. Uh, so to to say one thing is going to let me think about this. Um,
4: yeah,
5: to, Always find the positive
4: yeah.
5: in things, even when it seems your whole world is going dark. Gotcha. I have seen Ashley, some of these are a little too personal like, of experience, so I, I, won't, I won't share just for privacy. Sure. But I've seen her in situations where I myself would have acted very differently because I'm a bit of a hothead. Nice. Um, and I like to retaliate and I like to you know, get in people's faces and say things. Uh, Sith- I'm not, I'm not afraid of confrontation.
4: Sith Wendy Lee. I, 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 you know, I worked with you for years at Collider. I can, I can see that I can get that, but uh, you know, it, it works for me. It's good. It's good.
5: Yeah. <laughs> um, but a little bit of dark side coming out there. Um, but with her, she's always just been really graceful and she's always handled things in, in that exact way with grace. Um, and she always, no matter what kind of like a bad hand she's been dealt with, it seems like she always finds the positive in it somehow. Mm. And that is not easy to do. Uh, that, is, that is something that I continue to try to remember every single day when I come across certain, certain situations or I'm having a bad day, or as we know, 2020 is pretty much a dumpster fire. <laughs> so, you know, when I'm having like a moment, a bad moment, I kind of remind myself that's great. Of that. And that's, that's something I have learned from her. She is like, people don't know how strong she, she is. Like they look mm-hmm. at her and they think like, okay, like, you know, voiceover actress, actor, author, like, you know, she does geek fashion. Great. Like, no, you, people, I think have no idea how, how much, how strong she really, really is.
4: That's great. No, well said. Well said, Wendy. I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty, the candor, and just the joy in your heart for this character and the person who uh, again, set the framework for uh, a a character that seems now to have even a a bigger future than we could have thought in 2008. And one thing I'll say uh, about Ashley going back to that time, um, that's tough. We we saw what backlash uh, did and the toll it took on uh, Ahmed Best and, jake lloyd god mm-hmm. just so many things about that the fandom can be rough and, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because it was animated i don't know if it was any different but it didn't feel any different the intensity didn't didn't feel any different and, and she she worked through that persevered through that uh, and uh, over and around it uh, to be just it's such an ambassador for star wars so that's something i'll always appreciate to know mm-hmm. as well well said wendy wendy we're almost done here but i i want everyone on force center and the family to know where to find you you do a lot of cool things let them know oh
5: my gosh thank you so much uh you can find me on the social medias on twitter and instagram it's just my name at wendy lee zaney you can find me on youtube at the movie couple where my husband and i we sit down we uh Live stream every Wednesday and Saturday, 2 p.m. PT. We talk about anything that's kind of, you know, pop in pop culture, movie news. We do movie reviews and reactions. In fact, we do a Mandalorian uh, episode reaction and spoiler review on the channel. Um, so, and it goes up as soon as I can get it edited. Sometimes it takes me hours. Sometimes it takes me uh, I, an hour.
4: <laughs> I feel that, I feel that.
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, all that good stuff. Also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Wendy Lee Zaney.
4: Check out out wendy check out uh dustin and all the work they do with the the movie couple channel my friends uh love talking star wars with you we we only got a brief moment to do it on jedi council before that all uh, kind of wrapped up so uh fun to do it here in force center we'll, we'll do it again uh check out wendy for all of you listening here on force center you can follow us on twitter at Four center pod we're on facebook instagram youtube as well shirts on Public at tpublic.com user slash force center you can support us directly on patreon at patreon.com slash center go try out an audio book on us at audibletrial.com slash force center. You can follow me at Ken Napsok. Go to my website, Ken for information on all the things I do, including my book, why we love star Wars, where I did absolutely right about a few great moments with Ahsoka Tano. She truly is one of my favorite characters. So for Wendy, for Ahsoka Tano and all the adventures yet to come, this was force center.